You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 7th, 2018. My name is Phil Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor here at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. I'm sorry if I am out of energy today. I, as I mentioned last week, am uh, recovering from a, a minor surgical procedure that I had planned for for the end of last week, uh, hoping to kind of get back in the chair, get back in the swing of things. I am doing perfectly all right. My doctor said uh, that the surgery went very, very well. Uh, well, actually, one of the easier procedures they've had of of the kind that I had. Um, but uh, I'm definitely still not 100%, still not able to go full bore. That's why I'm recording here in the late afternoon on Monday, and this will serve as Monday and Tuesday's episode of Locked On Magic, unless breaking news happens, which of course could happen on at any time. This episode might also be just a little bit shorter as well, because uh, I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm not overexerting myself. Um, but I do want to thank everyone. I did mention uh, several, you know, mention explaining why there wouldn't be episodes or why episodes are coming shorter. Uh, and so I do want to thank everyone for the well wishes that they've that they've given me over the past few days. I really appreciate all all of it and, and appreciate everyone uh, staying with me here. I know that it's a it's it's getting to be a busy time in the calendar. I do have my uh, NBA draft lottery special plan still, uh, and I'm hoping that that will be a, a really fun show uh, for you guys uh, next Tuesday night. Uh, we'll do our our annual Google Hangout uh, for the NBA draft lottery show, so we'll have more details on that coming up later in the week. On today's episode, though, I want to complete, uh, sort of wrap up our player evaluation series by talking about Jeff Weltman and the job that he did in his first year as the president of basketball operations of the Orlando Magic, uh, what we see moving forward from him, what we saw that, that maybe he could get better with, better with, or what, what, what things didn't go quite the way that maybe we all hoped they would in his first year. And then I'll close out by talking very briefly about the, the coaching search. It's, it's something that I've kind of looked over a little bit, maybe uh, too too much. Um, uh, as, as, as I've been trying to recap the season, I, I do try to hoard some content, but I do suspect that the Magic will hire their new coach uh, very, very shortly now as, as we get closer and closer to the NBA draft lottery and, and certainly as the Toronto Raptors get closer to elimination as well. Uh, so I think that we'll uh, that that all kind of update where I think things stand with the coaching search as far as uh, who the candidates who the real candidates might be, uh, especially in light of the news earlier today. But before we dive into any of that, I do want to remind everyone that if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. There is a fantastic Locked On podcast for every single team in the NBA. Looking to figure out what the Raptors are thinking heading into Game Four tonight? Check out Locked On Raptors. Looking to hear what the Cavaliers think as they. Get ready to, to advance the Eastern Conference Finals once again. Locked on Cavaliers is your place. Trying to figure out what the Rockets are going to do to get ready for the Golden State Warriors, if they can get past the Jazz, of course. Locked on Rockets is your place. And of course, the big news of today, the Detroit Pistons and Stan Van Gundy parting ways. Locked on Pistons is your place for the latest on that situation. And, and their coaching starts now as another team enters the coaching fray, albeit very, very late. Uh, definitely check out those other great podcasts. You can find them all on iTunes by searching Locked On and the podcast you and the team you're looking for. So with that, let's go into today's show. It, it, this season is a really tough season to evaluate what Jeff Weltman did. Um, I think that he entered the season very much himself saying that this was a year to evaluate what he had on the roster. 
And, you know, I, I'm someone that takes people at their word for that. So I took him at his word for that and said, okay, this, this is a year to evaluate the roster. It's, it's kind of a free year. You're not going to, we're not going to judge Jeff Weltman too harshly on, on what he was able to do with the team. Because frankly, the magic, we, he didn't really know where the magic were at. I think some of us even maybe thought the magic were closer than they were. And, and ultimately the decisions that he would make moving forward would be more important than the decisions that he made this offseason or how he shaped the team this year. Because frankly, the magic didn't make many changes to their roster. They didn't make many changes to their team. And so there just wasn't a lot of maneuverability. Uh, we, we knew that entering the season, the magic had what, $13 million in cap room to spend. That's not enough to get an impact player. That's not enough to get an impact starter. And they're already capped out. The, the one thing that the Magic couldn't do this summer or last summer was put themselves in a deeper hole financially, not with the potential of paying an Aaron Gordon or paying an Alfred Payton big money in the summer, not with the big salaries that the Magic already have on the books with Evan Fournier and Bismack Biombo and Nikola Vucevic and to some extent Terrence Ross. The Magic could not afford to spend a lot of money. And so they were kind of forced to, to, to sit it out this summer. Now, this is a team that clearly needed improvement. They were a 29-win team. It wasn't that, that they didn't need to take a step forward, but unfortunately, a lot of that improvement had to come from within. And a lot of that improvement had to come from guys that weren't necessarily guys that Jeff Weltman picked. And so this this I don't know if anyone expected last summer for there to be a, a massive rebuild or or anyone expected Jeff Weltman to come in and completely change the organization. I, I don't think even he set those expectations, and the Magic certainly didn't either. Even at media day, they all said, you know, we're not going to say we're going to make the playoffs. We're just trying to get better. We're just trying to see how good we can be. And it was really just, a, uh, I think we said it best on a preview podcast with, with our pals with the Orlando Magic podcast. It was really a prove-it year. Show us what you can do so we can figure out what we're going to do for the future. Obviously, things did not go according to plan in any way. I think most people uh, most people said that the Magic were probably too good to tank. They had too much talent. Uh, and so a 25-1 season is absolutely not the season that anyone expected. It was not the season that the Magic wanted. It, it was not the season that that anyone hoped for when the season began, even if you thought this team should be tanking. I don't think you could have expected this team to lose 20, to, to win only 25 games. At the same time, though, you could certainly point to the injuries and say 220 plus games lost to injury to key players over and over again was a, a consistent and constant problem for this team. It definitely held the team back. And, and I would certainly argue, because I'm the optimist in the group, I would certainly argue that, um, that the, that the magic, uh, uh, that I would certainly argue that the Magic were better than their record. That that they were a better team. Um, that 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 than they than they showed on the floor. And a lot of that is because of the injuries. We saw with that eight and four start just how good they could be. Um, and so it, it, the injuries played a role, no doubt about it. The injuries were a huge factor in the in the final record, but. I don't think it changed the ultimate conclusion that this team does need a massive rebuild, that this team has reached its ceiling, that this team has done everything that it can do, and they do need a massive reformation. And so when we judge Jeff Waltman uh, and, and the job that he did, it's not going to be based off of this past season. This past season was not the year that, that he was going to put things together. This wasn't the year for him to take this team another step forward. This was a year to. Uh, this was a year really to 
to figure out what he had. And now that we know, it's a team that needs a complete overhaul and a complete rebuild. That isn't to say that we can't sit here and say that Jeff Weltman didn't do like a bang-up job or do an A-plus job. There are plenty of things to quibble about and plenty of things to suggest that, okay, maybe there were little things here and there that do concern us moving forward, that do concern us as we begin to build this roster. It's it's no joke that, that it is a joke, but it, it, it's no, no it, it can't get beyond people that, yes, there are several key Magic players that have had big roles in the playoffs this year. Victor Oladipo is a former All-Star. That wasn't a Jeff Weltman decision, but yeah, that hangs over the franchise. Donovan Mitchell was a guy who was picked 11th, a guy that, that no one really considered with the sixth pick, and, and, and I'm still a believer in Jonathan Isaac. But still, that was a missed opportunity. And really, when we look back at this season, it, the draft was a huge missed opportunity. It was something that a lot of us pointed to even at the time to say, why are you giving up these high-value young players? Even on, on small contracts, even if you didn't want to have those contracts, why are you giving up these, these opportunities to get high-value young players? Jonathan Isaac was a pick that certainly people still debate. I think there's still people that are in the Dennis Smith Jr. camp, and, and some of that is based just solely on the rookie year. I would argue that the Magic made a fine pick with Jonathan Isaac so far. He, he's shown that he has an elite defensive ability, and injuries really ripped, ripped away his rookie year. He played only 27 games his rookie year. There is definitely the opportunity for him to continue to grow, and I suspect that we will see him continue to grow. So I don't think that that's the pick that we really get hung up about. Where we get hung up is what, what he did with the 25th pick in that draft. When he selected Anzis Pesechniks, who I still like, actually. I still thought he would have been a good player, even as a stash. But they traded him immediately to the Philadelphia 76ers for a, a draft pick they're probably never going to get from the Oklahoma City Thunder. This with Kyle Kuzma still on the board. I personally, you know, I, I think you have to look at the information that you have at the time. Uh, and I was not a fan of Kyle Kuzma. I'll, I'll fully admit that. I looked at his statistical profile. I looked at his game tape, and I was like, I don't really know what he does. I mean, he, he'll, be, he'll be a nice player, but he's not a good enough three-point shooter in my mind to really tandem the ball or, or really make him part of the rotation uh, on a full-time basis. Um, I, I remember, and I, I you could go back and look at my live draft blog. I remember writing... I have no opinion of Kyle Kuzma. I, I really don't know. I, I really thought that he could be pretty good. He's got a, he's kind of, was kind of a jack-of-all-trade master of none coming out of Utah. But I wasn't a believer that that was a pick, that that was a guy that you go after or that you that you make a point to pick at the time. He's proven everyone wrong. Kudos to him. Absolutely kudos to him. He's proven everyone wrong. He had a fantastic season with the Los Angeles Lakers, and he would have been a really nice fit with this team. Another versatile wing player that you could bring off the bench and have switching all game long off the bench, off the bench with Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and Kyle Kuzma. His three-point shooting, if if it would have developed the same way that it did in Orlando, would have been absolutely what this team needed. Uh, it's not to say that I think Kyle Kuzma is some type of all-star. I'm still not sure what he is, and I think the Lakers gave him a lot of freedom, a lot more freedom than than I think a lot of other teams would have. But he was still a really, really good player, and, and again, an opportunity missed, talent missed, and, and frankly, with where the Magic are at, that's not something they can do. Having said all that, hindsight is 2020. We sit here today knowing that the Magic are going to go through a massive rebuild, that the Magic are going to essentially flip their core over and start almost completely from scratch. Having those kinds of rookies are what you need to do in those situations. Where the Magic were at back in June, back on draft night, that I don't think was their posture. I think their posture at that time was to say, 
We're going to see what we have. We're going to give these guys a chance to, to grow with some continuity. We'll look for ways to get better. We're not going to sit on our hands, so to speak. But we're going to give this team an opportunity to make itself better, to improve internally through some consistency, through some, uh, through some uh, uh, familiarity with each other and with the coaching staff, and see where this takes us. I think they suspected that their team was a lot closer to the playoffs than they actually were. In that case, you know, the players, the coaches, this season failed in, in that massive respect because the management said, this is your team. They take it as far as you can, and they couldn't take it very, very far. So again, hindsight is twenty twenty. Wesel um, Wundu was a nice pick. I, I think that's where they were really targeting Kuzma. I don't think they wanted to spend a first round pick on Kuzma, and the Lakers beat him to it. Um, but Wundu's a nice pick. Uh, who knows if he's actually gonna gonna get get there? But like when you begin looking at it, the Weltman, these little decisions with Weltman are something to be concerned about. Nothing to to say fire the guy or this guy isn't the right guy because he hasn't really had the opportunity to put his imprint on this team. That comes this summer. At the end of the day, too, you look at the moves that Weltman made as well in free agency. His goal was, again, not to put the Magic in worse financial shape than they were entering the summer. He absolutely did that. He succeeded in finding bargains in free agency and, and adding to the team while not crippling the team any further. You look at what he did with Jonathan Simmons. Waited his waited his time. Got got him when the market had kind of played out for a valuable three-year $18 million deal. Declining, front-loaded three-year $18 million deal. And I don't think anyone would say that Jonathan Simmons is not underpaid at this point. He was a fantastic player for the Magic. Did a lot of really good things. Is growing into a larger role. And I think they expect big things from him this summer to come back ready to play that six-man role or to possibly even be a starter full-time like he was this year. That was a great signing. You can argue that the Magic oversigned for Sheldon Mack, but at the same time, he also, uh, Sheldon Mack also provided a lot of stability toward the end of the season. And on a one-year deal, on a two-year deal with the second year non-guaranteed, it's not going to kill you. Uh, he's not going to hurt your books over the long run. The bottom line is with Jeff Weltman, I gave him a, a C plus for his first year as the Magic's bas president of basketball operations. The bottom line with Jeff Weltman is he didn't. Make, I mean, I wouldn't. You can't say that he made the team better because they obviously went from 29 wins to 25 wins. But he didn't make the team worse. He didn't put them in a bad situation. Were there opportunities that he could have taken advantage of? Absolutely. There are opportunities missed that the Magic certainly would like back. Mario Azonia being a, a really good one of of that. Giving up on a young player uh, with the team option when you have control over him. That was a mistake that the Magic can't get back now. And now they've either got to figure out how to re-sign him, maybe for less, so maybe it works out. Uh, or, you know, they or they let him develop and, and let him shine this year, and they're about to lose him for nothing. That hurts. Losing young players, young, cheap players for nothing is painful. And that's, that's a reality the Magic might have to face. The real work, though, for Jeff Weltman begins this summer. He's got to get the pick right. He's got to get the coach right. And he's got to rebuild the whole organizational structure of this team. By all accounts, the Magic have fired a lot of people in basketball operations over the last couple weeks. Uh, and that's all on Jeff Weltman now. Like I said, I gave Jeff Weltman kind of a pass for the season. I thought that this season was his free year. It was a development year. It was an evaluation year. The evaluations are over. Now's the time for action. And so while 
you know, I think a, a C plus B minus grade. That's 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 kind of where I went with Jeff Weltman on on my grades on on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Well, that kind of a grade feels like it's wishy washy or or it's kind of an average grade. That's really what he wanted to accomplish this summer. That's really what he wanted to do. Um, the things that we don't see from this Magic team, the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff that that he and his staff, John Hammond, Becky Bonner, um, that his staff really worked on, that's the kind of stuff that the Magic are really going to have to implement, harden, and make a foundation this summer. And that's where we get into the first big decision that he's going to have, and that's the coach. And getting that decision right is going to ultimately determine whether Jeff Weltman has a successful tenure as the president of basketball operations of the Orlando Magic. And that's why I want to spend the rest of the show, the next four or five minutes or so, talking a little bit about where we stand with the coaching search. A lot's happened since the last time I updated the coaching search. And, and I, I know I was on a pod, I know I did the podcast Thursday and said, really, this, this coaching search is really about finding a guy that will work hand in hand with management, that will echo the philosophies and, and, and message that management wants to the team and grow the team in the way that management wants to grow them. They need to be on the same page really at all times. Uh, and, and that's absolutely key. And that's why this hire is so important. It's got to be the right coach that delivers the right message to the team and helps them grow in a way that management can't. It's It's, it's got to be management's voice almost in the coaching huddle and someone that management trusts completely. And that's why it's so important to get this right. And I get it. Fans right now are really frustrated, uh, and, and, and maybe they should be, maybe they shouldn't be, that fans are really frustrated right now that there's just not a lot of information out there. We don't know who the Magic have really interviewed. The only confirmation that we've had from various reports is Portland Trailblazers assistant coach David Vanterpool, uh, uh, down blanking out of the other names, San Antonio Spurs assistant Ime Yadoka. Uh, they reportedly interviewed now New York Knicks coach David Fisdale, as well as supposedly Raptors 905 coach Jerry Stackhouse. As I remind everyone, when it comes to rumors, when it comes to these reports, what is reported is not 100% of what's going on. I'm sure the Magic have interviewed more than just those four candidates. The Magic are not picking out of those four candidates. They are among probably many more than four that they're looking at. And I suspect that the Magic want to have a coach in place before the NBA draft lottery next Tuesday. So where do the Magic stand, obviously? Obviously, it's a very competitive coaching search right now. The Phoenix Suns hired Igor Kokoskov. The New York Knicks hired David Fisdale. The Milwaukee Bucks are now in play. They're interviewing Becky Hammond, who I know is quickly gaining some popularity among Magic fans, and I'd be happy to have Becky Hammond as the head coach. I want to make that perfectly clear as well. Um, the, the New York Knicks have hired David Fisdale. The Detroit Pistons have just fired Stan Van Gundy. There is, a, there is a lot to go into this. And what's really important right now is that the Magic understand what they're looking for. What kind of traits, what kind of personality traits, what kind of mentality are they looking for in their next head coach? That's really what's important right now for this team. That's really what this team has to focus on. It's not about the names at this point. It wouldn't surprise me if the Magic hired someone who we didn't even know they interviewed. That's, that's also the reality of this. The Magic have done a very good job working kind of quietly through their process. And they're going to work through their process. They might be waiting for the Toronto Raptors to get eliminated, which could happen as early as tonight, so they can interview Nick Nurse. Maybe they know something we don't and think Dwayne Casey's going to be on the table. I doubt it. I really highly doubt that. But 
I, I think they are waiting to see if Nick Nurse becomes available. Um, a hot name that's been going around now for a while uh, is Golden State Warriors assistant coach Jaron Collins. That could be a guy who they're looking to, to interview when the Warriors have some time off between now and the Western Conference Finals beginning. Um, it, it's... It, 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 it's, it's, I know, I get that it's, it's, it's hard to be patient with all this. Um, it's, it's, it, everyone wants information. I want information. Trust me. I, I want to know what's going on too, as much as anyone else. But right now the magic are biding their time. They're looking for the right guy. As Jeff Waltman said, we're not going to do this fast. We're going to do it right. If we can do it fast, great, but we're going to do it right. And that means finding a guy that fits the right personality traits. Who is that guy? I'm not going to pretend to speak for Jeff Weltman. I know what I would kind of like to see. It's obviously someone that fits Weltman's mentality. I think it's someone that preaches, that, that has a set idea of how he wants his team to play. I think it's a guy who is going to be relatable to the players and really work with the players individually to make them the best that they can be. I think that the Magic really want a strong player development program. I think that they want... Uh, a system and, and a coaching staff that's going to work hard with the players and make them as good as they can be. Um, that's, 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 it seems very generic, but it, it's hard to find. I mean, Jacques Vaughn seemed like a guy who's too much of a player's coach, not enough of a disciplinarian. So you need that balance. You need someone who you know can, can relate to the players, can reach them in, in a certain way, but is going to hold them accountable too. Uh, that's something that I think has been lacking with this Magic team for a very, very long time. Someone who is is not afraid to experiment, to try something new. I think that that is absolutely something that the Magic need right now. Um, and so the Magic do have to have these kind of ideas out there. They need someone who understands specifically what kind of program he wants to build too. It can't just be, I'm going to go with the flow. Or you tell me what you want and that's what I'll implement. It, it can't be that either. The coach needs to have some autonomy. He needs to be in lockstep with management as far as what they want to do and how they want to build and the philosophies that they have. But he needs to have his own autonomy as well to say, this is the kind of team I want. This is how I'm going to build this. This is how I'm going to build these traits, this identity, this this culture. That's really what they need to find as well. Uh, and that can be extremely difficult to find too. Um, obviously, there are, there are a lot of coaches out there. There's a lot of really good coaches. You can You can name a coach to me um, and except for Mark Jackson, I will probably say, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I, I, I would be for that. I'd be for Becky Hammond. I'd be for David Vanderpool. I'd be for Nick Nurse. I'd be for Jerron Collins. The reality is we in the public do not really understand how these coaches work with their players. Like I've seen coaches work with players and I, I have a, a basic understanding of what it's like. But when it comes to differentiating between assistant coaches, who knows who really helped who? Who knows who really built this team into that or built this offense or added that tweak. At the end of the day, it comes down to how they interview. What what can they make the general manager or the president of basketball operations believe that they can bring to the table? What plans do they have to implement to bring that idea, those ideas to the table and implement them in reality? It's one thing to be an assistant coach. It's another thing to be a head coach. And it's a very, very difficult job. And so you better really understand what you want to do and how you want to do it. And then again, if it doesn't work, be malleable enough to, to change a little bit, to make that culture work. And that's really what the magic are after at this point. 
I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. I hope to be back with you again on Wednesday for another episode. I am going to take tomorrow off. Uh, even this 23 minutes has taken a lot out of me. I'm still, like I said, recovering from surgery. I thank everyone for the well wishes. Um, I'll try and be in touch as much as I can. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd, as well as at Locked on Magic. And check out LockedOnMagic.com. I'll try and throw some more content up there as well to supplement the time in between podcasts here as I'm, I'm recovering from surgery. I will be doing my Google Hangout next Tuesday for the NBA Draft Lottery, so be sure to tune into that at 7.30. It'll be on the Orlando Magic Daily YouTube page. I'll send out links as well as post um, uh, uh, an article on LockedOnMagic.com as well so that you can find it, as well as OrlandoMagicDaily.com, of course, uh, so that you can find it and tune in live and interact with us live there. Uh, my Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is also open, so send me your questions about the Orlando Magic at omagicdaily as well as at omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's going to do it for me today. So of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Sorry if the audio quality is bad. Not only am I whispering because I'm, I'm not as energetic as I usually am, I don't have my mic with me, so hopefully the audio quality is okay. If it's not, I apologize, um, but I uh, wanted to make sure I get an episode in here today as well. That's going to do it for me. Thank you all again for listening. Thank you again all for the well wishes. I'll be back with you Wednesday for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.